how y'all doing? <laughs> this is the Y'all Show, John Rawl, and our number, 803-816-1170. Call or text that number. And here for the next two hours, we're going to talk about the southeast of the United States. We've got a mix of news that we're going to get to on today's program. Also, we've got later in the hour, some great information coming from Wilmington, North Carolina. This weekend, if you love a cup of joe, boy, you need to get to Wilmington. Right there on the beautiful Atlantic coastline of North Carolina. This weekend, it's the third annual Wilmington Coffee Fest. And Will Shikan of Wilmington is going to join us to talk about this festival and all the sights and sounds of this celebration of coffee. The Wilmington Coffee Fest this weekend. And Will will be on a little later to talk about it. And before the hour is up, we're going to have our Festive South fun continue. Besides taking you to Wilmington, we're going to showcase some of the top music festivals in the whole U.S. of A., and we'll put a special focus on the five music festivals that were recently rated the top music festivals that are located in the friendly confines of Dixie. All that. And some of these festivals are several months down the road. And if you don't have your tickets or you don't have your your travel plan worked out quite yet, then you might want to work it out. And we'll give you the heads up about all this a little bit later this hour. Then when we get to the second hour today... We've got another special guest. This is a heck of a y'all show. In addition to having talk with Wilmington Coffee Fest and the co-organizer of that, Will Shikan, here this hour, when we get to hour number two, we're going to go to the outskirts of Washington, D.C., and we're going to track down an author as part of our Buy the Book feature, and we're going to be visiting with Major Jason Van Camp. He has just penned his debut book, Deliberate Discomfort, and Jason Van Camp is a Green Beret and served in the Special Forces and more, served in the war in Iraq. And he's going to come on and talk about this great book that's just about to come out called Deliberate Discomfort. And you're going to learn a lot of principles that you're going to need, whether you're in the military like Jason was, or if you're in business or you're in school, no matter what you are, a wonderful conversation with author Jason Van Camp coming up at the start of our second hour in our buy the book feature then as we do on thursdays we've got our sec spotlight headed your way a look at the basketball action from wednesday night on the sec hard courts also what's going on with other happenings of men's basketball in the southeastern conference including the schedule for saturday it's going to be a busy day here coming up in a couple of days and then we've got a quick look at the sec's role in super bowl 54 We'll tell you every single player on a Super Bowl roster from the Chiefs or the 49ers where they played their college football in the Southeastern Conference. And a couple of them even played for the Vanderbilt Commodores, VU. In fact, just as a special salute to Vanderbilt, I just might play their fight song. We haven't played Dynamite in quite some time. And VU, we're going to anchor down with a little Vanderbilt, plus all the other SEC teams. In fact, LSU's got more players in the Super Bowl than anybody. But uh, we've been playing Tiger Rag a lot. I, I've got the the complaints have come in. All the LSU haters. And now that they're on top of the mountain of college football, they got a lot of haters. And we love to talk about LSU, but we got we got to talk about all 14 members of the SEC when we come to our SEC Spotlight on Thursdays. In addition to talking about the Super Bowl and the SEC, we'll also give you a quick look at the college baseball schedule for the opening weekend. We're two weeks away from the start of college baseball, and I'll tell you every single matchup that opening weekend. All that ahead in the second hour. 
Again, our website, if you want to check us out anytime, we've got just wonderful information at y'all.com. It's y-a-l-l.com. And I told you earlier this week, we've got a story up about guide, a guide to where if you want to go buy a metal building, some real good tips for that. We also have some really good Super Bowl related stories there. Super Bowl or food while we attend the party. <laughs> That's a pretty good story. And then one that just got posted here in the last couple of hours, top 10 most reliable motorcycles of the 20th century. <laughs> Go check that article out if you're a Harley lover or one of those other loud motorcycles, or as I call them, motor scooters. That's just some of the many, many, many articles you'll find at y'all.com. Plus, we have the Y'all Show put at right there on the homepage. And so you can go find out what's going on in the South on the Y'all Show at y'all.com. Making it oh so easy for you to keep up with your region. This is Y'all. Well, let's dive into the headlines. And here in the headlines today, we've got some serious news. But we also have, I'm going to go ahead and tease this, we've got information on three different governors from the South and one is a rather humorous story one's kind of an update on what a, a former governor's now doing and then the other one is we got a governor that's just been put on the injury list on the disabled list to use a nfl term i guess they're on the injured reserve is technically what it's called in in nfl football but that's to come let's get into the headlines and we walk back to the earlier story that we told you in the week about that awful tragedy in scottsboro alabama where you had that Alabama dock fire on the Tennessee River there in northeast Alabama. And we now know a little bit more of the information of the victims. A woman and her five children were among the eight people who were killed at this marina in Scottsboro. 40-year-old Grace Annette Watson-Miles was killed in the blaze, along with, this is just sad, Desley Nicole Miles, age 7, Keston Damian Miles, age 9, Traden Dominic Miles, age 10, Briley Long, age 16, and a 19-year-old Christopher Zane Long. This according to the Jackson County, Alabama EMS Director Paul Smith. And witnesses and relatives said the woman's husband, Joe Miles, was rescued from the water with burns. Miles and others helped the woman and her children get off the flaming dock to a boat that later caught fire, according to survivor Tommy Jones. And the other two victims, 54-year-old Yancey Roper and Amanda Gerard Foster, age 38. Those were the victims. But so many of those, those small children there in Scottsboro on Monday. This happened really early on Monday. I think they were asleep when the fire happened. And I think it was around 30 docked boats there, sort of houseboats caught fire i assume there on the tennessee river it's kind of like on the mississippi river there's a lot of people live on the little inlets of the mississippi river tennessee river is a pretty pretty big river there also in north alabama and when you have your boat anchored on that little inlet i i'm not a lawyer but i've been told you don't have to pay taxes you don't technically have your boat on property the property is the river now if i'm wrong on this let me know but it's a a way of a lot of people having a cheap place to live by living on these houseboats anchored in bodies of water like in this case the tennessee river and a sad story again coming from north alabama this week we we certainly have the victims and their families in our thoughts 
Another story coming from Alabama in Montgomery, a white former Alabama police officer who killed an unarmed black man back in 2016 has now been sentenced to 14 years in prison as former police officer for Montgomery, Aaron Cody Smith, had a judge hand down a sentence. Smith found guilty of manslaughter by jury back in November for the 2016 shooting death of 58-year-old Gregory Gunn. Smith shot and killed Mr. Gunn after he fled from a stop and frisk. The defense maintained that Smith fired in self-defense because Gunn was grabbing a painter's pole from a porch, but prosecutors said Gunn was never a threat. Gunn was walking home when he was stopped by Smith and died not far from his house. And now this former Montgomery, Alabama police officer, Aaron Cody Smith, sentenced to 14 years in prison for killing this unarmed man a few years back. We have a list of the deadliest cities in America, and unfortunately we've got a couple of southern towns in the mix here. And this is really bad news. This information just coming out from the FBI crime statistics. And America suffered, the information we have is from 2018, 16,214 murders in 2018. Something tells me that number went up in 2019. So the five most deadly cities in this country, number five, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, the capital of the Pelican State, checks in at number five. It saw 35.1 homicide deaths per 100,000 residents back in 2018. That's 10 places higher than Chicago's murder rate. We're always bashing Chicago, and Baton Rouge actually statistically is worse. A city that's even worse is about an hour and 15 minutes down the road from Baton Rouge. New Orleans, the Big Easy, checks in at number four on this list of deadliest cities as New Orleans saw a murder rate of 37.1 per 100,000 residents. New Orleans saw 146 murders back in 2018 that's horrible horrible information coming from new orleans detroit is at three another southern city although on the fringe of the south baltimore maryland the number two city in america for homicides and more baltimore had 51 homicides per 100,000 residents in 2018 and a just a deadly year that year again sadly i think those numbers only went up in 2019 they had 309 homicide victims in 2018 and the number one city for the most deadly cities in all of america is again another southern city but certainly on the edge of the south st louis missouri as they had a murder rate of 60.9 per 100,000, they had 186 slaughtered in the city with a population of only 318,000, and that's why they show up here very high at number one st louis so There you have it. I just said four cities of the South are in the top five deadliest cities in America. Makes you think twice about picking on Chicago going forward when we've got problems right here. And, of course, those problems oftentimes are gang-related and just absolute stupidity of why people kill each other. There's no excuse. Somebody needs to be shown a good thing called the Ten Commandments, where one of those says, Thou shalt not kill. If that were shown and people would actually pay attention to that, hopefully these numbers would be going way down and maybe we wouldn't have any of this senseless killing. The Georgia State Patrol has had to fire 30-plus new troopers from the force, and they are fired because they were cheating. As these this entire graduating class of Georgia State Patrol's trooper school 
was either fired or resigned amid this cheating scandal, according to the state's public safety chief, as Colonel Mark McDonough confirmed that 32 troopers were let go after being accused of cheating on an online exam for the speed detection operator component of the school's curriculum. One trooper resigned after the cheating allegations came to light. All 33 are August graduates of this trooper school there in Georgia. And just to think, those people cheated and were about to be out on patrol and getting you there in Georgia busted for speeding and other violations, and they're all a bunch of cheats. Thankfully, we know now that they were guilty of this, and Georgia's going to likely have a better policy so they don't have such a, a smear for their their whole effort to get and have very ethical law enforcement officers. Dylan Roof News, the white supremacist who killed the nine people in Charleston, South Carolina at the church there in 2015. He's now appealing his death penalty in that Emanuel church massacre from five years ago as he appealed his federal convictions and death sentence because he says he was mentally ill when he represented himself at his capital trial. He's filed a 321-page legal brief. Hopefully he didn't represent himself on this thing. I doubt he could come up with one page, but 321-page brief filed with the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Richmond. His lawyers asked the court to review 20 issues, including errors that they say were made by the judge and prosecutors that tainted his sentencing. Now, let's be honest. This guy's about as guilty as you could possibly be. He should be locked up for life. Frankly, he should get the death sentence based on what he did, killing those innocent people and really creating so much angst and just total tension of the races this one guy this this irrelevant idiot dropout essentially a a ninth grade dropout when he and he came from a good family this guy and i we're we're kind of from the same area in fact he went to a high school in my home county dylan roof and he's from good people his grandfather was a lawyer he i mean i don't know what happened here I don't know what happened here in this case, but he's guilty and he should be locked up forever or he should be killed death penalty for what he did at Emanuel AME church in Charleston back in 2015. More to come on this developing story, but interesting that he's appealing his death penalty in federal court. Another South Carolina story to tell you about this one actually is being turned into a movie. And this comes to us from Lawrence, South Carolina. Lawrence is about halfway between the Greenville, Spartanburg area and Columbia, South Carolina. And I remember about 20 years ago when this store opened up in Lawrence called the Redneck Shop. They had a lot of Confederate flag stuff and other, they, they were capitalizing on the, on the Jeff Foxworthy fame at the time. I didn't realize the Redneck Shop was run by a KKK member at the time. I never went in there, by the way. I just heard about it. And it was a museum for the Klan, evidently. It was housed in an old theater in Lawrence, South Carolina. And it turns out the white supremacist neo-Nazi that had this thing became friends with a guy named David Kennedy, a black preacher. And they struck up a friendship. And ultimately, the owner of the redneck shop, his wife convinced him to get out of the whole KKK and white supremacist junk and turn his life around. And he did. And he and Kennedy became fast friends. In fact, he actually agreed to sell his property to Reverend David Kennedy. And 
they were going to turn it into a shrine of reconciliation. And he died a couple of years ago, the actual owner of this redneck shop. And so it actually went totally to the black preacher, the ownership of this thing. Unfortunately, the building is really way, way out of shape. It, it, it's, it's an old building there in Lawrence. And they're trying to save it. They're trying to restore it. Like I said, it's an old theater. And this thing was sold to the black preacher for $1,000 because they became friends. Well, a movie has been made about this unusual friendship, and it's going to be coming out real soon. The movie's called Burden. It's scheduled for release February 28th. It stars Forrest Whitaker as Kennedy, and it was shown at the Sundance Film Festival a couple years ago. So watch for this movie, again, based in South Carolina, Burden, to be coming out from 101 Studios and it sounds like a great story and perhaps enough money will come in to help restore this theater and again it's going to be more of a museum of reconciliation assuming the money's raised i bet you i bet you it will especially after this forrest whitaker hey that guy's been in a lot of great movies when it comes out here in about a month hey speaking of other black preachers how about kanye west you don't think of him as a black preacher but that's what he's doing these days kudos to kanye instead of going to the white house and wearing his trump hat he's out preaching the good lord preaching to the good masses the good lord's will and we we love that well kanye is going to be in the super bowl area come sunday as he'll be in miami just ahead of the start of super bowl 54 he's going to have a sunday service and his sunday service choir they're not performing actually at an official super bowl event but the rapper turned gospel artist, and, and I called him a preacher. I don't know if he's a preacher or just a gospel artist, but he's he's doing a good thing. I, I don't know how sincere he is, but let's just assume he's very sincere. But yes, Kanye's going to have a big, big Christian worship at the FPL Solar Amphitheater. That's a 7,500-seat theater there in the Miami area on Super Bowl Sunday. So if you're looking for something to do super bowl sunday and you're in the miami area check this out from kanye and perhaps you'll be inspired by his word good job there kanye now to those three governor stories i promised i'd tell you about here on today's y'all show first in west virginia okay so a lot of people in virginia are upset the neighbors to the east of the mountain state upset about all this gun stuff that's going on in richmond So what did the governor of West Virginia decide to do this week? Jim Justice has proposed in his uh, news conference that perhaps those people who are very upset with their Virginia, if you're a Virginia resident, there's a simple answer. If you're unhappy with your state of Virginia and you want to flee the liberals that are running the halls of government of Richmond these days, then you should secede. Or you should just, he's specifically talking about the counties that are on the West Virginia border. Secede from Virginia and join West Virginia is what he's, I don't know how serious he is, but that's what he's proposing. He did this at a news conference this week with Liberty University President Jerry Falwell Jr. So maybe you'll see, I'm not even going to give this thing too much traction, but it brings up a good point. Uh, can can a county secede and join another state i know it's been tried before and it may have actually worked but i know going back to the civil war there were some counties in tennessee 
that were ready to join the Confederate cause, Tennessee was the last state to join the Confederacy, even after Virginia had joined. Tennessee, I don't think, joined until June of 1861, and I may be wrong a month or two on that. But earlier that year, 1861, after Alabama was one of the first states to become part of the Confederate states, there were counties in Tennessee like Franklin County, that's Winchester, and there may be in some other counties in that same area of southern middle Tennessee. They wanted to secede from Tennessee and join Alabama. They didn't do it. Those counties ultimately, as part of middle Tennessee, became part of the Confederate state of Tennessee. But I know the effort's been tried before. Now, let's go to Alabama for an update about Kay Ivey, as she is the governor of that state, and she's on the disabled list now. She suffered a fractured shoulder Tuesday night when she fell after tripping over her dog. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Alabama's first dog, Missy. This is what Kay Ivey said. The dog, Missy, is such a fun and active friend to have at home, and she's a fiercely and she's fiercely protective last night she unintentionally tripped me up and i hit my shoulder you'll see me in a sling but this won't slow me down a bit i'll keep you posted on the recovery but most importantly missy is also doing just fine k ivy is 75 years young and she recently just got a report from her doctor uh, a positive report after three months of completing radiation treatment for what she described as a tiny isolated spot on one of her lungs and now, after getting through that, her her doggie, and we all love our doggies, Missy, the first dog of the great state of Alabama, calls in pain and suffering for the chief executive of Alabama. But it looks like Missy's not in the dog house, if you know what I mean. Now, what about over in Mississippi? Phil Bryant just gave up the reins of the chief executive position of the Magnolia State to Tate Reeves. And now it's just been announced the former governor who had a two-term deal there in Jackson. He is joining a consulting firm founded by an attorney who had been his chief of staff. And this is a firm founded by Joey Songe. And now the firm will be called Bryant Songe Snell. As the other partner is Phil Bryant's daughter, Katie Snell as she's an attorney and the Republican who stepped aside as governor after his his term limited out of office earlier this month, now going to be working there at this consulting firm. Now, Phil Bryant is not a lawyer, so it's a I said it's a consulting firm. It's not a, a law firm. So we often get confused by firms, but this is a consulting firm. I don't know what they're going to consult, but Phil Bryant, as Donald Trump likes to say about him, as he's attended several of President Trump's rallies and was a, a huge Trump homer. Not originally. He actually supported Ted Cruz in the Mississippi primary of 2016, but he got on the Trump train as fast as he could. Donald Trump often says about Phil Bryant, he just looks at him and goes, that's central casting right there, meaning he thinks that Phil Bryant should have been an actor, perhaps. <laughs> All right. Here's a story coming from Florida that's really, really an odd one. A daycare worker has now been fired after a mother found a note written on a toddler's belly. Say what? Heather Chisholm says she was furious when she found a message scribbled out, Mom, I'm out of diapers. And it was written on her son's stomach while she was changing her diaper on Monday. And now this daycare worker sent out the door, and rightfully so. The young mother of two 
evidently forgot to read the daily report that was sent home in her son's lunchbox, which warned her about the child's diaper supply running low. And the message, <laughs> the message sent there scribbled on the child's belly. And it's, it's just, it was all over the belly. I'm looking at a photo of it from the belly button up to the, almost the neckline. The message there scribbled on the poor kid. And I don't, not sure of the child's age, but it looks like a toddler. Horrible story there. Luckily, hopefully these markers aren't going to leave a a permanent mark there on the kid. Hey, we know about Texas. They love their college football. They love the rivalry in the Lone Star State between the Aggies and the Longhorns and the Red Raiders and such. Well, do you like oysters and you, you live in the area of Texas like Galveston and places like that? Well, researchers within the Texas A&M University System said they have actually created an entirely new and sustainable industry for the coast of Texas after artificially spawning oysters in a lab for the first time in 27 years. And these oysters were placed in a cage and moved to a shallow saltwater area along the Texas Gulf Coast, and they've grown to be harvested. And the question is, what are you going to call them? And it looks like maybe they're going to be maroon colored oysters and why not call them aggie brand oysters that's what again these people from within the texas a&m system are are saying it ought to be called and they said they could create this maroon colored oyster i don't know how tasty that would be y'all who wants to be the first to try that but aggie fans gig them and you might be able to gig an oyster and enjoy it and think of those aggies while you're doing it and finally we haven't had a dumb person, a dumb criminal lately on the Y'all Show, and that's dumb D-U-M-M, a big dummy. Well, a man's now been accused of riding a lawnmower on someone else's land, and it turned out to be this person doing this was a fugitive from Utah, and he'd lived in Louisiana for more than a decade, living without an ID and working for cash only, and Lafouche Parish deputies have now arrested 49-year-old Richard schleininger in bayou blue louisiana where residents had recently complained about trespassers after seeing him ride his mower past several no trespassing signs and now he got locked up again for having his lawnmower on somebody else's property it turns out this guy's a fugitive from utah he carried no id gave a false name when he was arrested it looks like he might be heading back to utah for his crimes of which i don't have what he originally was in in the Huskow originally for in Lufouche Paris, I can tell you he faces charges of criminal trespassing and resisting an officer. Probably false identification, if I had to guess the charge here for this 49-year-old Utah guy that did the wrong thing on a lawnmower. He went on somebody else's property. What are you doing on a lawnmower in January? Good Lord. You, you must be pretty desperate. Hey, We've got more y'all stuff coming your way. Don't miss out on the fun. After the break, we're going to take you to Wilmington, North Carolina this very Saturday there. They've got the third annual Wilmington Coffee Fest taking place in downtown Wilmington. And Will Chacon of that festival is going to join us and help us understand all the fun that's going to be happening there in eastern North Carolina. That interview is coming up next. It's coming. You know what to do. 
hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. This is the coffee blues I like a certain brand, Michael's House. It's good till the last drop, just like it says on the can. I used to have a girl cooking a good Michael's House. She moved away. Some said Memphis and some said Leland. But I found her I wanted to cook me some good Michael's House. And welcome into the show that's all about the South. This is the Y'all Show, talk with a Southern accent. John Rawl here, and we want to tell you here as part of our Festive South feature on today's program about something really cool taking place this very weekend in Wilmington, North Carolina. I know a lot of you out there just love your coffee. Some of you drink coffee all the time. Some of you have it for morning, at lunchtime, at supper time. It doesn't matter because coffee lovers of all types are welcome for the third annual Wilmington Coffee Fest that's taking place again this weekend. And we welcome in from the Wilmington Coffee Festival one of the organizers of this event. And he's joining us right now from the festival and in Wilmington, North Carolina. Will Chacon, Will, welcome in to the Y'all Show. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you very much. So how in the world does one organize and put on a coffee festival? Oh, my gosh. It takes a lot of work. Uh, me and my partner, uh, Krista, uh, we're the co-founders uh, co of the festival. And uh, we just started actually as a crawl. So it was the Wilmington Coffee Crawl for two years. And this is the first new way of doing it as a festival in one well actually two locations uh where before it was like eight different coffee shops that people had to walk to it's a different format but i think it'll be a lot smoother uh less uh less lines um there's a lot of uh, waiting because uh, small spaces at the coffee shops um this way the coffee shops will all be in one location as booths, and uh, and then we'll also have roasters and bakers, um, artisans, and uh, bands. We we'll have some bands playing as well. So a little bit of everything. Very uh, family friendly uh, event, and uh, it will be this Saturday on the February first at the Hannah Block Building. USO building, which is on 2nd and Orange in Wilmington, and also at Waterline Brewery, uh, which is off uh, Surrey Road. Um, and that one will have more of the 
fun part, like artisans and the bands and, and other stuff where at the hand of block is going to be more of just coffee related, uh, coffee, coffee roasters, um, shops and, um, much more. Well, again, it's the Wilmington Coffee Fest taking place this weekend in Wilmington, North Carolina. Should be a great time. And, Will, I guess one of the great things about your festival, I guess it's never too early to start drinking coffee. So with that in mind, is this indeed a kid-friendly event? It is kid-friendly and actually uh, 10 and younger getting for free. Oh, wow. That's great. And what are some of the coffees young kids like these days? Well, at my coffee shop, we do have some teenagers, and they actually like pretty much everything, like lattes. Uh, a lot of people stereotype young kids as, you know, they just want their frappes and all that, but uh, young kids now have a palate for coffee. Wow. Uh, but at the, at the festival, we'll have uh, Bumbalatis, which is a local uh, ice cream place, and uh, they'll be serving, you know, for younger kids. Uh and uh we have some other stuff as well uh some um games uh by port city scape will be there um i believe like a hula hoop person will be there as well for kids and uh and this uh, local vendor called the fairy um the fairy hair and she like puts fairy hair on kids uh and actually uh, adults uh use her as well well that all sounds great again it's the wilmington coffee fest taking place this very weekend in wilmington north carolina and if you haven't been to wilmington lately and i was lucky enough to get to eastern north carolina and visit this lovely coastal town about a year and a half ago wrightsville beach is a very uh, booming area of the wilmington area and i got a chance to hang around there for a few days if you don't mind putting on your tourism cap for just a minute will help us kind of steer our cars and trucks and planes to wilmington to attend this coffee festival this weekend this is a lovely place you live in there yeah thanks uh there's a lot of things to do in wilmington yeah like you said riceville beach is excellent um very beautiful beach um the event is in downtown wilmington and there's so much stuff to do um actually if you are from out of town and you want to stay we're offering a 15 percent discount uh with uh, embassy suites um here in wilmington and you can go to our website wilmingtoncoffeefast.com uh to look for the discounted rate um but like i said there's a lot of things to do in downtown lots of great restaurants um there's the famous battleship um uh, uh, we have which is a great thing to do that you probably do on the next day on sunday uh, there are of course excellent coffee shops all over downtown and don't don't hold back i believe you're directly connected to one of those coffee shops yes sir uh, i own a luna cafe which is on 604 castle street and we are kind of like the arts and on uh, the antiques district area. So uh, besides Luna, you'll see, you know, different antique shops. Uh, there's a wine uh, place right across the street. There's Jester's Cafe, which has excellent um, 
breakfast and lunch. Uh, there's a uh, famous restaurant, RX, which I believe they're like the top 10 southern restaurants in North Carolina. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's so much to do. And, again, this is taking place here in Wilmington, North Carolina, this very weekend. We encourage everybody to go check out this wonderful event. And you have the awesome website that's got a lot of the details, and that's WilmingtonCoffeeFest.com. I want to ask you, Will, as we're talking today with our, our very special guest, one of the organizers of the event, Will Chacon, and I've heard of a lot of festivals in the South. We've got them for grits. We've got them for any type of music. But I have yet to see one that celebrates coffee. So I assume you kind of did your research and realized that the love of coffee isn't celebrated enough here in this part of the world. (laughs) Yeah. um, What got me interested is actually in, uh, in South Carolina. I attended um, a very similar event uh, at the time. It was called the Coffee Cup, and um, it was so cool. You just go in. It's kind of the same setup as this, um, and uh, you just go in to have different roasters. Uh, you you know sample coffees, and uh, like I said before, when we did it as a crawl, we we're kind of trying to go for that uh, aspect. I know that. In North Carolina, I believe there's one in Charlotte that is similar to what we're doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, the East Coast, that's us. And, um, we're just trying to invite everybody, uh, to enjoy some coffee. Uh, we do have lots of, uh, roasters. So this one is targeted more to the roasters and the coffee shops like we did the previous years. Um, but we have Counterculture, which is a very big national uh, roaster. You'll probably see it at you know, Whole Foods. Uh, I know that they sell them there. Different, uh, you'll see it at different um, um, grocery stores. Uh, also, Larry's is a big um, coffee roaster. Um, there are right here out of Raleigh as well and we also have some roasters from atlanta that are coming so it's gonna be definitely a day for caffeine well one of the things that caught my eye about the wilmington coffee fest is you were named one of the top 20 events from the southeast tourism society great job on that yeah i know we made it (laughs) we're really happy about that yeah and this is an organization that we're proud members here at the y'all show and and they put a lot of work into coming up with their top 20 events so you've got something there here at wilmington north carolina going on again it's this saturday this is not something that's going to be taking place for an entire week so you concentrate a lot of things into one day and that would be february 1st here of 2020 yes sir and also i don't know if uh some of your listeners know on the day before on friday the uh, january 31st we have the vip party uh, tickets are still available. Uh, there are just a limited amount of tickets, but that's where you get to meet and greet all the vendors who are, are going to be participating. Uh, you also get a bonus slash swag bag uh, with more stuff. Everybody gets a tote bag and a little espresso mug. Uh, this one will have way more stuff in it. Um, and uh, 
it, that one will be held at Waterline Brewing Company. And we're having a local band that's uh, kind of big. They're called Mac and Juice. Uh, they tour all over, but they are a really great band. Uh, lots of stuff to do there that day. All right. Again, Wilmington Coffee Fest this weekend. And as you said, Will, you are a what, – what is the technical term for a person that owns a coffee shop? Is it a barista? Barista? A barista. Barista. I am – yes, I am. I am the owner, barista, market marketing person. I do it all. Yeah, well, you're doing a good job. So there at your place in Wilmington, what are the uh, current hot selling items? And I do mean hot for 2020. <laughs> at our shop, uh, we are we're known for our vanilla lavender lattes, and uh, we make our syrups in in house and. Uh, also, our cold brew or nitro, that's kind of like a hot, not hot, but kind of trendy right now. And uh, we serve it here as well. And uh, I mean, we have a little bit of everything for everybody. We got tea, we got smoothies, food. Oh, wow, you have smoothies there. Yep. Yep. Fruit smoothies, all from scratch. Man, uh, one stop shop. Next thing yes, you're going to tell me is you're a great place to have meetings and dates as well. Yes, and also uh, for musicians as well. Actually, oh. I teach. I oh, teach really? drums. Yeah, I teach uh, drums, and uh, I have a studio in the back of the coffee shop. So sometimes, if you're uh, you know over here drinking some coffee, and you happen to walk towards the back to go to the restroom, you'll hear some drums going in the back. That's probably you, huh? Yes, sir. Wow! And you have do you have live music there on a regular basis? We don't have live music. Uh, we used to a little bit, but uh, our place is just so s- small. We try to do it when, you know, like in the, in the afternoons, uh, but it just gets a little loud. So we have not done it in a while. Well, again, your event is here this weekend. And if you don't, if, if coffee alone won't push you to Wilmington, speaking of live music, you do have a great place there on the coast of North Carolina that has live music aplenty. Yes. Um, well, we have Greenfield Lake over here. They always have uh, music. Uh, they are about to build a huge amphitheater right on the water um, by Life Nation. So that should bring a lot of national touring bands out here to Wilmington. Well, again, this is an awesome event. Any reason you chose February to the first day of February to have this event? The previous events were actually done on the weekend before, uh, or I guess the last weekend in January. Um, we just like it to do it right around this time. Uh, just something to do after the holidays. You know, things get really busy for everybody during the holidays. And then, you know, comes January and like there's nothing going on. So we figure, you know, do it right after the holidays and have people something to do, uh, community event and, you know that will 
caffeinated as well yeah well it's a awesome event and it's a great time i'm sure going to be had by all here again that's going to be this saturday february 1st if you have nothing else to do i don't care if you're in amarillo texas get in the car get on interstate 40 technically i'm not kidding here you can get on i-40 and travel all the way across the south and guess where i-40 ends up do you happen to know that answer will (laughs) right here in wilmington yeah i think they named the town after you will will mington north carolina <laughs> yes, and right. you can enjoy the wilmington coffee fest the website again is wilmingtoncoffeefest.com it is going to be an incredible opportunity for all and will we can't thank you enough for coming on today's y'all show yeah thank you thank thank you for having me all right and again it's wilmington coffee fest the website for more information Well, that will wrap up our Y'all Show interview, our Festive South. And we want to thank again our special guest joining us from the Coffee Fest, Will Chacon. And go to that website and learn more about coffee. It's a great time in the South, especially if you have a good cup of joe to go along with the time. More of the Y'all Show is headed your way right after this. Don't you go anywhere. I am doing all the right things. Drinking plenty of water, eating right, and exercising. But month after month, my constipation with belly pain, straining and bloating keep coming back. Irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC, affects 13 million Americans. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S.com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. We're back on the Y'all Show, and as we wrap up this hour, quick look at an article that just came out, courtesy of festticket.com, and they explored the top music festivals in the U.S. for the year 2020, and they break down 15 of these things, and I'm not going to bore you telling you about festivals out in California, and Nevada's got a few and such like that, but let me tell you about some that are here in the southeast, and you can go ahead and mark it on your calendar. Maybe you want to go. Maybe you've got friends that live in these areas, and you can make your plans accordingly. Coming up the 16th through the 27th of March, just over a month, month and a half away, there in the capital of Texas, you got South by Southwest, and it's going to be an incredible opportunity for you to see some real A-listers and more. It's really turned out to be a, more than just a music festival. It's got a film festival and more awesome event in austin if you like this kind of music and fun south by southwest again this year in austin right there toward the end of march another event taking place here in the south from a music festival perspective also in austin and this is pushing it back into october is where they'll have this the austin city limits music festival which is different from south by southwest last year they had guns and roses there mumford and sons the cure and more And that's a great music-centric festival that will be taking place again in Austin. Hey, Austin, a 
certainly a live music capital of part of the south if not for most of the south nashville might have something to say about that but that's a great event coming up in october in miami coming up here in march in just over a month and a half you got the ultra music festival and i don't have the lineup for this year but last year some of the performers included richie halton odessa and more and this is the ultimate gathering for electronic music fans across the nation ultra music festival in the miami area coming up in march and then you have the new orleans jazz and heritage festival that will be taking place toward the end of april it lasts from the 23rd of april to may 3rd in new orleans the lineup last year included the rolling stones dave matthews katie perry and a whole bunch again it's an a-lister event there in the city of new orleans as people come out to honor the great jazz and heritage of that city and many many acts will be showing up for this year's event toward the end of april the new orleans jazz and heritage festival and then the final what i'm going to tell you about from the south that's going to be coming up in the summertime is bonnaroo the bonnaroo music and arts festival that's in great stage park tennessee that's not far from manchester and tullahoma in southern middle tennessee this year the event is going to be june 11th through the 14th and last year's performers included fish also the lumineers cardi b and they even had Grand Ole Opry acts come down Interstate 24 and appear at the Bonnaroo Music and Arts Festival. That, again, is in the middle of June, right in the hottest time of the year in southern middle Tennessee. But Bonnaroo has been going on about 20 years now, and it's a great event if you like live music. And those are just some of our southern events as part of the top music festivals in the land, according to festticket.com. Well, that will conclude this hour of the Y'all Show, Talk with a Southern Accent. When we come back in hour two, stick around. We're going to start the hour with books on our mind. Author Jason Van Camp, he's just penned the new book, Deliberate Discomfort, and he's a Green Beret and a former Special Forces officer, served in Iraq, and a former West Point cadet turned, he was also a West Point football player, played for the Black Knights, defensive player at that. And he's going to be on in hour two to talk about his new book, We'll also have our SEC Spotlight in the second hour. And it's all coming up. It's all free of charge. Don't go anywhere. My mother was very familiar with her neighborhood. But one day she stopped at the stop sign and she wasn't even really sure where she was at. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. It's the Y'all Show, Hour 2, Talk with a Southern Accent. John Rawl here. We've got our SCC Spotlight headed your way in just a few minutes. You don't want to miss out our conversation about SEC men's basketball, some games from Wednesday night. We'll tell you about the lineup on Saturday. And we'll be taking a look at SEC football, specifically the players that are in the Super Bowl this weekend from SEC member institutions. And we'll even have a little college baseball information to pass along at the end of this hour it's all coming up on y'all don't you go anywhere and while we're at it we welcome your feedback here on the program 803-816-1170 y'all show at y'all.com if you've got a book perhaps you might want to suggest to us we welcome that feedback here and speaking of the printed word we've got a very special guest joining us right now he is a springfield virginia native and that is just outside of washington dc and northern virginia 
and his name is Jason Van Camp, and along with Andy Simmons, they've penned a book called Deliberate Discomfort, How U.S. Special Operations Forces Overcome Fear and Dare to Win by Getting Comfortable Being Uncomfortable, and Jason's joining us right now. Welcome into the Y'all Show, sir. Hey, thank you for having me, John. I really appreciate it. It's uh, it's an honor to be here. Well, thank you for your service. Jason is a West Point alum, class of 2001, and actually played a little football for the Black Knights. Any greatest hits we need to know about with you, Jason? Did you beat Navy? <laughs> I think that's all that matters, right? We went 2-2 two and two against Navy when I was there. So. All right. You were a linebacker. Yeah, a 500 deal. Linebacker back in the day. Probably in the days where Army beat Navy just about every year. I think that was the case when you were playing. You said 2-2, two and two, but still a very good time there along the banks yeah, of the husband uh, husband yes and yeah, they, yeah yeah what 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 led you to go to west point to study and end up going into the service after you graduated of course well you know i grew up in an area where military service and working for the government was very common and my father worked for the government he served uh, in the vietnam era as well and you know it was kind of instilled in me to to be patriotic to love love the country you know and where I was growing up, there was two enemies. First, that everybody knew about was the Dallas Cowboys, and the second was the Washington Redskins. Or I'm sorry, not the Washington Redskins, but the Russians. And so, uh, and so that's kind of how I grew up. The, the Cowboys and the Russians were the hated enemy. And so I kind of grew up uh, in a very patriotic household, and uh, and uh, loved our country and wanted to serve and wanted to do more. Jason, it sounds like you had a good raisin there in Springfield, Virginia. <laughs> I had great parents for sure. Well, you go to West Point, you graduate, and then you go into the Army, and you became an Army Ranger, also a decorated Green Beret, and you've served our country for a long time. Let us, on behalf of the Y'all Show, say thank you to you and all of your brave heroes who've served the uniform as you've fought in these wars and such like that, and just thank you for all of that as you were a detachment commander with the 10th Special Forces Group before deploying to war zones in the Middle East and in Africa, you received three Bronze Stars, one with a V device for Valor. Amazing there, what you've done there. What what year did you first get into the Middle East, and what are we talking about in the Middle East? Yes, well, thank you for all that. I appreciate that. I, I definitely wouldn't call myself a hero. I was just proud to serve along heroes and serve with my brothers and sisters, you know. Um, when I graduated, I, I went to uh, officer basic course in, in Oklahoma. Then I went to ranger school and got my ranger tab, served a year in Korea, and then I deployed for the first time to Iraq, the initial invasion, and that was in uh, 2003. And so that was my first deployment, first deployment for, for most people as well. Were you a captain at that time? I was. Yeah, I was a recently, well, actually, you know what, I was a first lieutenant, and then I was promoted in country to captain if i recall correctly so i was kind of you know around that time and of course that ended up being a many years of hostilities there and i'm sure you dealt with ieds and bad guys all the time and i I just i i'm fortunate like many of us who didn't have to go over there and serve but that comes with the territory you know when you went to west point there was a chance you might have to go off to a war one day right yeah, and I was proud to do so. I wanted to know what serving in combat and being in a war zone was like. It felt like something that I owed my country, you know, and it felt like something, honestly, personally, I wanted to, to know about. 
And um, I feel privileged to have gone over there and done that. And, um, you know, I feel lucky, you know, to have lived and survived and, and that as well. So, um, yeah, definitely some tough going over there. Uh, when we first went over there, there, there was some initial fighting in the beginning, and the Iraqi army kind of threw down their weapons and gave up. And then, uh, you know, it was quiet for a little bit of time. And then when I came back to Iraq in 2006, that's when the insurgency was hitting full steam. You know, so there was a lot of ambushes and, and IEDs and so forth. So that was, that's a tough, it's a tough fight when you, uh, when you're trying to fight somebody that doesn't want to be seen, that doesn't want to fight you face to face. That's a tough, tough goal. We're talking with Jason Van Camp on today's Y'all Show, a decorated Green Beret who also played football and graduated from the West Point U.S. Military Academy there along the Hudson River in New York State. He earned a Army Ranger tab and a Special Forces tab while serving in the military. And he's just authored a new book called Deliberate Discomfort, How U.S. Special Operations Forces Overcome Fear and Dare to Win by Getting Comfortable Being Uncomfortable. And I, I guess I want to ask you, Jason, how in the world did you team up with Andy Simons to, to pen this book and, and put on pages of paper the the thing that we all have to wonder if we're not in special forces? How in the world do y'all do what you do? <laughs> That's a great question. So I have a company called Mission Six Zero. It's a leadership consulting company, and I recruited the best leaders I've ever met in my military career, some of my peers, subordinates, and some of my commanders. And together we created this company because I thought that we could somehow harness our our experiences and expertise and leadership abilities. We could do something really special, you know? And so we created this company about eight years ago, and, and our theme is getting comfortable being uncomfortable. And so uh, eventually we said, you know what? We want to put our material, our curriculum on paper. And so that's why we created Deliberate Discomfort. We wanted to put uh, our lessons learned on paper so folks can read it, they can digest it, they can understand what it was like to be in combat, what lessons we can garner from being in combat, and then in addition to that, how we can take those lessons and apply them to our personal and professional lives so we can be better people, better businessmen, better leaders, and so forth. Wow. Now, when did you first have the idea to write this book, and when did you actually start pinning it? So I've always had an idea to write a book. I kind of was inspired by a number of other of my contemporary competitors i guess you could say um when they wrote their books they a lot of them had incredible success so i figured with with my team with medal of honor recipients and green berets and navy seals and delta force guys with our stories we could do something really special and so i eventually um started putting down some of our notes and our our lessons learned on paper and and i really got serious about this about a year and a half ago and so i started writing uh i think June of 2018 and uh, finished the book really in September-ish of 2019. And then we've kind of been in the process of editing, printing, marketing, and so forth since that time. And the book officially launches on February 18th, 2020. How about that? And your co-writer there, Andy Simons, is an award-winning journalist, writer, and editor who has specialized in his career writing about military fiction and nonfiction. You can go to the website warriorsrising.org and get more information on Jason. The Facebook page, facebook.com, jason.vancamp.16. 
On Twitter, Jason is at Jason B. Van Camp. And again, the book that he just wrote and is about to come out soon, Deliberate Discomfort, How U.S. Special Operations Forces Overcome Fear and Dare to Win by Getting Comfortable Being Uncomfortable. He's essentially saying embrace the suck, suck it up, life's hard, whether you're in the Special Forces, you're playing football for the Black Knights, or whatever you're doing in your career, sometimes you've got those hard spots and you don't need to give up. Is that pretty much what you put here in this book? <laughs> yeah, that's a very popular saying in the military, especially in the Special Forces community. Yep. Embrace the suck. Yeah. And our guys have PhDs in embracing the suck. But, <laughs> you know, but it, it goes more than that. We, we kind of share uh, our experiences of not just, hey, suck it up, but here's how you should suck it up. Here's the application behind sucking it up. This is the scientific theory behind it. Here's the so what. Here's the now what. And here's what we can do moving forward. And, oh, by the way, here are examples of, clients that we've worked with over the past eight years that have applied these lessons to their benefit well i know again with your professional career out there you might be having a hard time and it's so easy to just throw your hands up and say i'm out of here you might be in a bad relationship and you might be wanting to give up and all that Jason, I want to ask you, what is, I know you've got a lot of this stuff outlined in deliberate discomfort but is there a simple sort of advice that you would pass along to our listeners whenever they're having that rough spot a little trick that you've learned in embracing the suck it's a simple one you're not alone uh-huh. you've got people there to support you you've got a team whether you know it or, or you don't know it people care about you and so we've got a lot of guys that come back from combat and they think about taking their lives at ptsd things like that and, and i think that's the one thing that they all forget is hey they're not alone they're not suffering alone, and they've got people there that are that are willing and able to help them out. And so for deliberate discomfort, it's kind of the same message. It's, hey, look up and rise up because people are there, and they want you to succeed, and they want you to be happy. Yeah. I don't have the number. Maybe you have it close by, Jason, but if you're a veteran and you've served in places like Iraq and Afghanistan, so many of our great veterans take their lives. Please don't do that. As Jason just told you, and whatever you're doing in life, whether you've served in the military or not, don't give up. You're not alone. And it's so easy to think you're in this world all by yourself. And there are certainly 800 numbers you can call. There's offices around wherever you might be living and listening to us that if you're thinking about taking your life we don't want you to do that and then if it's not that severe if it's something else going on in your life that you're having a little little bit of a rough spot hey again you are not alone jason van camp our special guest again he wrote this book deliberate discomfort how u.s special operations forces overcome fear and dare to win by getting comfortable being uncomfortable and I want to ask you, as a guy who, of course, is a Green Beret and served in the U.S. military all these years, what is the thing that led you to go that direction versus, let's say, a more easier task in the military? That's what our book is about as well, John. I appreciate that question. It's about pushing yourself. You know, it's about saying, listen, how far can I really push myself? How far can I go? You know, if I decided that if I was going to join the military, I was going to try to be the best I possibly could be. And so I went through ranger school. I became a ranger. I went to a special forces qualification course. I became a Green Beret. I wanted to see what I could do. And, and I'm very proud of the fact that I, I was able to go through all those courses and do all the things that I did. But 
you know, when I really look back on on my life and those accomplishments, it really wasn't me. It was my team. My team is the one that got me to where I wanted to go, you know, and that's a great lesson to learn from that. And I think that's just human nature, you know, is to, to, to push yourself, to see how far you could actually go, to see how many um, fish you could catch out at the lake, you know, in one in one day, kind of set your limits, try to set records, try to um, be better than you are. And that, if you adopt that mindset, it's, it's a growth mindset and you're improving, you're growing, you become stronger. You know, you go to the gym, you know, you want, you go to the gym for a reason is because you want to be better. You go on that diet, you go on that diet for a reason because you want to lose weight. You know, it's all about becoming a better version of you. Are you spying on me? Because I was going to ask you that question. I was at the gym earlier today, and after about a mile of running, I just wanted to give up, Jason. I was like, this is this is dumb. And I guess I knew I'd be talking to you later today, and I said, no, I'm going to suck it up and keep going. And I did it. And that mission where you complete a mission, and you do the hard thing, and then you finish it, that gratification you get is oh so powerful. Jason, we are a show that's all about the South, and you're a good Virginian. And we're happy about that. However, something tells me, based on the fact that you went through the Special Forces and Ranger School and all that, I assume you spent a lot of time at Fort Benning near Columbus, Georgia? I did, yeah. I lived there for a long time. Is that where you get qualified to be in Special Forces and get your Ranger tab? That's where uh, Ranger School is and also Airborne School. Uh, For the Special Forces course, you're at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Okay. So those two installations, of course, right here in the what we call the southeast, the deep south in some cases. What is the, as a guy who grew up in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., I won't call you a city boy, but you weren't far from a pretty darn big city there, Washington, D.C. And uh, how did you embrace the suck when you end up in a place like Columbus, Georgia, and over in Alabama, too, and perhaps you were there when it was really darn hot here in the south? How did you embrace that suck? Well, you know, everybody's suck is different. Everybody's discomfort is different. For some people, it's an easy thing. For other people, it's the hardest thing you could possibly do. The hardest thing for me in the military was West Point. I hated every second of it. <laughs> you know, like I did not want to be there, let me tell you. And for other people, they say that's the best four years of their lives. You know, and I don't understand that, but some people it was a great experience. Um, down at Fort Benning, I mean, it was hot in the summertime and it was hot but i really enjoyed my time there i lived in downtown columbus Ah. you know beautiful beautiful georgia girls down there you know um great friends and teammates um been to atlanta a few times and then went on to auburn university to see some games out there so it was just a great experience in auburn or in uh in columbus and auburn atlanta in that area I assume you know, Fort Benning's got some pretty swampy areas there on that installation. Did you ever have to deal with a bunch of snakes and alligators? Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? Oh, for sure. Going in the woods, rucking around, you know, going through swamps, all that stuff is is pretty common when you're going through those courses, you know. Okay. I guess you're not scared of those things. And again, brace, embracing the suck. You have to do that, too. You got to. Uh, Fort Bragg is a little bit different. You know, they, they call the area around Fort Bragg, Vietnam. You know, it's kind of <laughs> Vietnam. Fayetteville is the city around there. Yeah. Um, it was a little bit different. Still hot. You know, um, there wasn't a whole lot going on around there. Um, you know, but both locations are fantastic, and uh, and I really enjoyed my experiences there. All right. 
Well, again, Jason Van Camp has been our very special guest, the Springfield, Virginia native, who has just penned the book along with Andy Simons, Deliberate Discomfort, How U.S. Special Operations Forces Overcome Fear and Dare to Win by Getting Comfortable Being Uncomfortable. And you can get this book in just a couple of weeks. What's that date again? It's coming out. So you can order it right now on oh. Amazon and wherever books are sold for pre-sale. And uh, it officially shipped to you on our launch date, which is February 18th, 2020. All right. And again, he is a guy who served in our military. Are you still active? Are you in the reserves? What's your status? No. I retired in 2015, uh, medical retirement. I unfortunately came down with a, a seizure disorder. I was, I was finishing up my last deployment to, to Mali, Africa, and uh, fought that battle for a few years until they uh, they forced me to retire. So that's kind of how my career went. All right. Retired as a lieutenant colonel? Major. Major Jason Van Camp, thank you again for coming on and thank you for your service. And everybody go check this book out. It is so applicable to so many things in life. And I know it would be a great, great Valentine's present for sure. Jason, thank you very much. And we appreciate your time here on today's Y'all Show. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it. All right. More of the Y'all Show is coming up right after this break. Stay tuned. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. I am doing it all the water, the fiber, the exercise, but I still have constipation with belly pain, straining and bloating that keep coming back. My doctor said that I may have a chronic medical condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats adults with IBS with constipation. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S dot com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. Go Big Blue, BBN. (laughs) 
This is the Y'all Show. It's our SEC Spotlight. And the Kentucky Wildcats are the darlings of the SEC. Sadly, sadly, the SEC is not getting a lot of national respect on the college basketball circuit these days. I'll tell you about that in just a second. UK picked up a big win Wednesday night at home against Vanderbilt, 71-62. UK ranked number 13 in the land, and they improved to 16-4 and overall with the win over VU. Vanderbilt sinks to 8-12 and overall as Vanderbilt was handed their 25th straight SEC loss. That's hard to believe. 25 straight losses in the conference. And that's what's going on. And they've even changed coaches this year. They got a uh, a North Carolina great to lead this program. And they're suffering here again on West End. But Vanderbilt fans, I do have some good news for you in the next segment. And we'll even play Vanderbilt's fight song just for the heck of it. Kentucky wins Wednesday night. LSU picks up a big win at home. LSU's in the top 25. They're ranked number 22. They got the victory over Alabama 90-76 to there at PMAC. And in the Ozarks, what a great win for Frank Martin's team. They went all the way out to Arkansas. Arkansas had the great throwback uniforms on. And the Gamecocks, it was a nip-and-tuck game there toward the end. But Carolina comes out of Arkansas with a win over the Hogs, 79-77. And USC improves to 12-8 and overall. Arkansas drops to 15-5. and It's been a pretty good year for Coach Musselman and the Razorbacks, but a tough loss at home to South Carolina. That was the scores, the action from Wednesday night. I'll tell you Saturday's lineup on the first day of February. We've got a lot of great SEC basketball games going on. This is our SEC spotlight. And when we put on our spotlight of SEC basketball, a new article has been just, it's just come out at ESPN.com titled a case for every top 25 team winning the NCAA tournament. And Kyle Sopp wrote this, and of course you got your usual suspects there who certainly have the potential to win the NCAA tournament, the big dance. Baylor, currently ranked number one in the land. Yeah, I could see where they could easily win the big one. Gonzaga's been right there at the doorstep knocking for a national championship. This could be their year. Gonzaga's currently ranked number two. You got to skip all the way out of the top ten to find the first SEC team that's currently even ranked. And that's Kentucky at number 13. And according to this article, Nick Richards has deservedly gotten plenty of love thus far. But how about the backcourt? The Cats backcourt trio averages 65.1 points plus rebounds plus assists this season. Not a far cry from Virginia's top three guards last season. So the point is UVA, which is your current national champion of college basketball, it looks like Kentucky and UVA were similar teams last year's uva team this year's uk team so kentucky fans this could be the year coach calipari could have his i guess it would be his second national championship and kentucky fans should be getting a little bit a little bit uh, antsy over this expensive head coach who has come in he certainly improved kentucky but kentucky fans don't want to have almost national champions They are the Alabama of college basketball. They expect to win a national championship most years. And when I say most, come on, at least every five years, they ought to be playing for the title. They ought to be winning it every five to ten years. 
and it's been quite some years now since uk captured a big one i think it's we're pushing eight years perhaps since they last did it but kentucky according to this article they got a pretty good chance here this year the auburn tigers man they almost pulled it off last year they're making it to their first final four and bruce pearl's team is an ever-evolving team and man you should go back to what happened with them on tuesday night in oxford they had a double overtime game against the land sharks of the university of mississippi and auburn won it was a crazy game if you haven't had a chance to get back pull out your dvr and or pull out your vhs tapes even better and check that game out from tuesday night a win in double ot by the auburn tigers from 2015 to 2017 the NCAA champion finished the season ranked an average of 147th in block shots. Over the last two years, that number jumps to 81st. It's obviously a small sample, but with every team willing to back up and, and put up three-point shots, there are fewer easy buckets to be had, and thus the ability to prevent them is important. The Auburn Tigers average 5.7 block shots per game. That's 13th most in the nation. A long way around saying Auburn has a lot of height and perhaps when all these teams were trying to put up these threes from a, a now extended three-point line in the college game, the Tigers just might find themselves dancing and dancing to a big, big national championship, according to this ESPN article. And then the last team in the SEC that's mentioned in, in this article, because it's the only other team currently ranked in the SEC, the LSU Tigers, they check in at number 22 this week. And this is a program last year, remember, their coach had to step aside right at the SEC tournament because of things going on off the court, some accusations, and he's still there, and he's doing a great job. And I guess LSU is going to dodge the bullet on any kind of big sanctions. All this tied into all this controversy with college basketball from the last two years. And according to this ESPN article about teams that could why each one of these top 25 teams could make a case to be the champions for this year. According to this ESPN article about winning the NCAA tournament for the LSU Bayou Bengals, the 2019 version of UVA had three players average over 11 points per game. And 2018 Villanova, the champion of that year, had five players average over 10 and a half points. Not only does LSU check both of those boxes, the Tigers rank among the top 50 foul-prone defenses, something both of those past champions did. So they're likely to get fouls, and they're likely to have players, multiple players with over 10 points a game. And check out LSU. Like I said, they're right there atop the standings of the SEC, and the 2019-2020 version of LSU basketball could could it's a big could could be hoisting another national championship in baton rouge this year and not just for football for basketball speaking of those tigers they are currently atop the sec basketball standings lsu they are perfect in the sec the only perfect team in conference play at seven and oh kentucky is nipping on their heels uk is six and one 16 and four overall are the number 13 cats the auburn tigers ranked 17 are just behind kentucky in the standings with two losses auburn sits at five and two one of those wins was that double overtime victory i just told you about 
from the pavilion here this week mississippi state looks to have a much improved team this year the dogs are four and three that's also the record of alabama the crimson tie with a first year coach the tide checks in at a four and three record the gamecocks improved to four and three after that win wednesday night in fayetteville carolina four and three 12 and eight overall certainly a bubble team at this point texas a&m is also at four and three so are the michael white coached florida gators that's a team that frankly was supposed to be one of the top 10 teams one of the, certainly one of the top 25 teams and right now uf not ranked but at 12 and 8 if they can put together a bunch of wins here to wrap up the year they could get back to the big dance the tennessee vols i'd have to say they're a little bit of a uh disappointment here thus far based on what rick barnes has done over the last few years in knoxville as ut currently at four and three in sec play 12 and eight overall those hogs dropped to three and four after the loss to carolina on wednesday evening the missouri tigers are at two and five the mississippi land sharks kermit davis's fighting fake fish picked up their first sec win of the year this past saturday at stegman coliseum in athens and the team that plays in stegman georgia is one and six the rebuilding effort for coach cream it's just taking a long time to get georgia basketball back to a respectable spot uga at one and six eleven and nine overall and then as we said they lost their 25th straight sec game on wednesday night vanderbilt is at zero and seven in sec play eight and 12 overall and that's a quick look at the standings of sec basketball as far as what's on the docket for saturday february 1st it's the great rivalry between the land sharks and the bayou Bengals. as mississippi will travel to pete maravich assembly center in baton rouge where those number 22 tigers await this is a 12 eastern 11 o'clock baton rouge time tip on espn2 go to heck rivalry is what we could call that one because they say that about each other goat but they don't say heck at Stegman this weekend, Texas A&M travels to Athens for a game against Georgia. This is a 1 Eastern, 12 o'clock Central time tip on the SEC Network on Saturday. Tennessee's on the road at Humphrey Coliseum as the Hump hosts the Vols and the Mississippi State Bulldogs. ESPNU will broadcast this game 2 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Octavia Hall County time. Mizzou will be in Columbia, but not the one that they claim to be their home. They'll be in South Carolina's capital city where the Gamecocks and Mizzou will tip it off at 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central on the SEC Network, that from Colonial Life Arena. A great matchup. The best of the weekend features a top 20 matchup. Auburn at number 17 hosts number 13, Kentucky. Bruce Pearl versus Coach Cal. Auburn Arena will host this. It starts at 6 Eastern, 5 o'clock Auburn time. ESPN will be broadcasting this one. It's the Battle of the A's, Arkansas and Alabama. This from Coleman Coliseum in Tuscaloosa. The SEC Network will have this one starting at 6 Eastern, 5 Central. And then the nightcap of SEC basketball this Saturday. The Florida Gators travel to Memorial Gym and the hapless Vanderbilt Commodores await looking for their first SEC win in huh, almost two years, I think. SEC Network is where you'll find this one starting at 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Music City time. And that's what's happening this Saturday in SEC Men's Basketball. We'll take a break here on the All Show. We'll come right back with more SEC talk. We'll tell you this weekend we've got the Super Bowl. We'll walk through every single SEC player that's found their way to an NFL roster that also happens to be playing 
for a Super Bowl title. Who is going to be donning the Chiefs or 49ers uniform and have the heritage back to the SEC? We'll tell you about that. Also, a quick update on football recruiting. National Signing Day is actually less than a week. It's going to be Wednesday of next week. We'll give you the latest team rankings of the SEC. And then we'll wrap it up with a quick look at the opening weekend of college baseball from an SEC perspective. All that is ahead as we conclude this Thursday Y'all Show. You don't want to miss it. Keeps coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. I am doing all the right things, drinking plenty of water, eating right, and exercising. But month after month, my constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating keep coming back. Irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC, affects 13 million Americans. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S dot com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. The fight song of the Vanderbilt Commodores as the SEC spotlight continues here. This is the Y'all Show where we talk about all things Southern. And poor old Vanderbilt, they might have the worst team in SEC basketball on a 25-game conference losing streak. That's something not to be proud of. But Vandy fans, let me remind you, you have the defending national champion of college baseball, Tim Corbin's team about to suit up here in a few days. In fact, in just a few minutes here, before we wrap up things, I'm going to walk through the opening weekend for all of your SEC baseball teams. And and we're only two weeks away from SEC baseball and college baseball beginning. Can't wait for that. But right now on the Y'all Show, we're going to talk a little football. And Vanderbilt, as well as the other SEC representatives, have got something to crow about here in the Super Bowl as we get ready Sunday evening for the kickoff between the Chiefs and the 49ers. 
No surprise, the SEC has more players than any conference in this big game. SEC with 24 total players, the nearest conference, the Big Ten with 19 representatives, the ACC with 15 representatives in Super Bowl 54. LSU has five players total, and that's the the most from any SEC team. Penn State also has five players suiting up in the game. No other SEC team has more than three players, only LSU with five. Now, who all is playing in the SEC from our SEC schools? Well, we played Vanderbilt's fight song for a reason, as Justin Skule, offensive lineman, a rookie out of Vanderbilt, will be playing for the 49ers in this game. Great job there. He was a three-star recruit coming out of high school. So skill for the Niners, and also he's got a 49ers slash Vanderbilt teammate and wide receiver Jordan Matthews. I remember Jordan doing a great job on West End for the Doors. He has 22 career receiving touchdowns over six seasons, and it's going to be awesome. By the way, if you didn't know this about Jordan Matthews, he joined the Niners as a free agent, which is a unique fit because his mother is a first cousin of the greatest 49er ever, arguably, Jerry Rice. I had no idea Jordan Matthews had a connection to Jerry Rice, but sure enough. What about the other team in the state of Tennessee? The Vols have two players in the Super Bowl as cornerback Emmanuel Mosley is with the San Francisco secondary. And also the punter is going to be in the game. And that is Dustin Colquitt of the Vols. He's going to be helping out for the Chiefs in this game. So a little representation on the punting side from the SEC. Texas A&M has defensive back Armani Watts. He'll be in the game, suiting up for the Chiefs. And then you've got, also for the Chiefs, Alabama alum Reggie Raglan, a linebacker out of the Crimson Tide country. Auburn's got D. Ford. He's for the Chiefs. Great player there. Also, Mississippi State, Chris Jones, defensive lineman for MSU, will be in the game for the Chiefs. Arkansas, former player for them, will be in the game, suiting up in this one. Dre Greenlaw, linebacker for the Hogs, and he'll be playing for the 49ers in Super Bowl 54. Marcel Harris, former Florida Gator, he's with the 49ers. He's a defensive back. Former Florida player Demarcus Robinson, he's with his, he's on now with, in his fourth season with KC, and then he'll be playing in Super Bowl 54. Then the Niners have a great wide receiver and former South Carolina Gamecock Debo Samuel. He'll be playing for SF in this one. And then on the other side is another Gamecock as Rashad Fenton, cornerback for KC. He was a six-round draft pick last year by Kansas City. He's had a great career thus far. So a pair of Gamecocks in this one. Georgia's got wide receiver Mecole Hardiman. This alum of Georgia has been a great player thus far for his NFL team. And he'll be suiting up in 50, Super Bowl 54. And he also made the Pro Bowl roster an all-rookie team. So check him out in the game. Then you got LSU's Quan Alexander. He's with the 49ers. He's a linebacker. And then Morris Claiborne, also out of LSU. I told you LSU's got five players in this one, and he'll be with the Chiefs, the cornerback out of LSU. Tyron Matthew, defensive back from LSU from several years ago. The Honey Badger, a.k.a., and he's with Kansas City now. He'll be in the game. And then you also have on the reserve injured list several players, including Sean Coleman from Auburn. He's on the injured list and former Mississippi 
defensive lineman DJ Jones. He's on the injured list. And then a lot of players off the practice squad, including, speaking of Vanderbilt, a couple of players, Kyle Shermer and Emmanuel Smith, both from Vanderbilt, both on practice squads for these two teams. So the SEC, well represented in Super Bowl 54. So if you love the SEC, look for some familiar names when you tune in. Again, the big game, Super Bowl 54, kicking off Sunday evening from Hard Rock Stadium, Miami Gardens, Florida. Well, 24-7 Sports has just come out with an article. We are just a couple of days away from National Signing Day Part 2 for the 2020 class. February February 5th is the big day. That's Wednesday of next week. And believe it or not, 24-7 Sports, which is one of the leaders of the football recruiting rankings, they've kind of reshuffled their mix here in the last couple of hours and there's been a change atop the rankings. No longer will you find the Clemson Tigers. They've actually gone down a couple of spots in the latest 24-7 recruiting rankings. So who moved up? The number one team right now, according to 24-7 Sports for recruiting, is the Alabama Crimson Tide. And a huge, huge deal. As they got the number one player in Bryce Young signed or recruited or something like that some of these players still haven't signed on the dotted line that's what wednesday next week is all about but they also have a bunch of five stars will anderson also drew sanders an athlete and a defensive tackle named tim smith all future alabama crimson tide they're still trying to get some other great players across the nation georgia is the number two team according to 24 7 sports right now as the dogs have It looks like a great class in the works, and they're at two. Clemson is at three, as I said. Other SEC teams in the top 25 are are rather – this isn't a poll. This is sort of the projection of National Signing Day. LSU, the national champion, they're at fourth. They've got a nice haul. Cornerback Elias Ricks is part of this class. Keyshawn Bote, he's also in there. That's LSU. And then another SEC team, the Aggies, Jimbo Fisher – doing a good job on the recruiting trail. A&M is number six in the latest 24-7 sports recruiting rankings. Auburn's at seven. Also in the SEC, you got Florida at eight. And I'm trying to round out the top ten at least and make sure I got all your SEC representatives mentioned. And I think that's where we are from an SEC perspective of the top ten at least of the recruiting rankings. Again, National Signing Day is taking place Wednesday. February 5th, and we'll have a complete recap on Thursday of next week of the big signings. A lot of people really get into football recruiting. It's sort of like Christmas Day all over again come February 5th. Well, it's also Christmas Day for a lot of the college baseball fans when opening day happens. And opening day for the 2020 college baseball season is going to be February 14th. That's Friday. That would be not uh, two weeks from Friday, this Friday, yes. Uh, February 14th, opening day of college baseball. Also, some people call it Valentine's Day. <laughs> but we'll just stick with opening day of college baseball. I think that's got a better ring. Let me walk through the list of all the 14 SEC teams, where where, and who they'll be playing on that Friday of opening weekend of college baseball. Alabama's got the Huskies of Northeastern in a game, and I'm not going to mention where some of these are because some of these are on neutral sites. So let me just tell you the matchups. Northeastern and Alabama. Then you got the Panthers of Eastern Illinois, Tony Romo and Jimmy Garofalo country. The Panthers and the Arkansas Razorbacks get together. Arkansas is ranked in the top 10 of the college baseball polls. Holy Cross, holy cow, holy cross will be playing the South Carolina Gamecocks on that opening day. 
Missouri, they're going to play the Jacksonville State Gamecocks on that opening day. The Leathernecks of Western Illinois and the Tennessee Volunteers have a matchup on opening day 2020. This is going to be a great matchup from Swayze Field in Oxford as the number 25 Mississippi Landsharks are going to be facing off against a longtime assistant coach for them who is now the head coach of the number one team in the country. Dan McDonald brings his Louisville Cardinals back to Oxford for a game, for a series, and more. It should be a fantastic weekend, that opening weekend there in O-Town. Mississippi State's got a great stadium, and Chris Lamonis' ball club has Wright State coming in that opening weekend. The Georgia Bulldogs have the Richmond Spiders crawling their way opening weekend. Marshall and the Florida Gators are the matchup that opening weekend. This is, I think, a rematch from a NCAA regional from several years ago. Michigan, which is number 13 in the country. Michigan went to the College World Series last year. Michigan and Vanderbilt, your defending national champion, get together out in Scottsdale, Arizona as part of an MLB for collegiate baseball tournament. And that's that opening day in two weeks. UIC, the Flames of Illinois, Chicago, will be playing the Auburn Tigers that opening weekend. Kentucky and TCU will be getting together on the diamond that opening day of college baseball. Texas A&M and the Red Hawk Redskins of Miami of Ohio will be facing off on the diamond. And then Indiana and LSU will have a series, and that ought to be a lot of fun. LSU ranked number 11 in the country. That's, again, opening day of college baseball, and that's Friday, February 14th. Go ahead and set your alarm, and we'll have plenty of great college baseball talk going forward here on the y'all show well that will wrap up this thursday edition we want to thank you all for listening and again thanks to our special guest we had will chicon of the wilmington coffee fest on in our first hour and that event the third annual wilmington coffee fest is this weekend in wilmington north carolina and also want to thank here this hour and as part of our author spotlight we had jason van camp stop by and talk about his new book deliberate discomfort Thank you for listening. We'll be right back here Friday for a whole new show as we close out another week of this, The Y'all Show with General John Rawl, the show that's all about the South. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. I am doing it all the water, the fiber, the exercise, but I still have constipation with belly pain, straining and bloating that keep coming back. My doctor said that I may have a chronic medical condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats adults with IBS with constipation. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. 
Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S.com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. Hey, y'all. Jeff Foxworthy here. Now, if you've ever found yourself repeating the same thing over and over for 75 years, you might be Smokey Bear. Only you can prevent wildfires. That's why I'm filling in for Smokey to switch things up, because there's a lot more to say. And I should know because my grandfather was a firefighter. And one of the things he taught me is that the people that love the outdoors the most are often the ones accidentally starting wildfires. Which means always BYOB. <laughs> no, bring your own bucket to the campfire. And be extra careful with things like burning yard trimmings. Don't just walk away, or chances are you might be starting a wildfire. So for the love of the outdoors, go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council.